Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Mike Yam of the Pac-12 Networks, and you're listening to the Signing Day Inside Pac-12 Football Podcast. Thanks for downloading the show. And just in case you're a basketball fan in the league, make sure you check out the Inside Pac-12 Basketball Podcast as well. An eye on Stanford, as we'll hear from David Shaw in just a couple minutes here on Pac-12 Network. But this is a state of California that has got a whole lot of talent. And Coach Shaw signed nine high school players in state in the early signing period. Just three California high school players signed last season. Just something to keep your, your eye on. I know Yogi, you've talked about this class being having a ton of big time <laughs> talent. There's some studs here. Oh, my gosh, yes. I love the class, everything about it. Stephen Heron Jr. kicks the party off. I, I can remember the first clip I watched of him, I was like, oh, my God, he does everything, right? And Stanford has been his plan, and that's a theme. When you read the bios of these student-athletes, they have an idea, a vision about Stanford. He said he had one since middle school, and he's following, I think, the blueprint of Solomon Thomas in the defensive line. Another guy who I absolutely love, Salim Turner Muhammad, the secondary what else can we say other than Dwayne Aquina? He just does it again and again and again. Salim the Dream, that's his nickname on his highlight film, and I think he's going to be a dream as he gets around Paulson Adebo and company in the secondary. And then Elijah Higgins. You know, not a lot of people probably outside of Stanford were like, all right, where's he going to go? Stanford and a couple teams were finalists when he signed earlier, and he's a playmaker. He might be the best receiver Pure receiver they've had in terms of major upside and ceiling in a long time. 6'3", 214. They go down to Texas again. To me, <laughs> offensively, he's their best offensive player in this class. Uh, he's special. Saw him at the opening over the summer. Uh, he's a, he's a big-time player. This is a big-time class. To me, it's, it's easily one of the tops in the country. At every single position, they found stars that I think will play and, and pay major dividends for this program moving forward. All right, Coach, take me through this here because I think everyone understands Stanford. You think about the education and the things that you can do with that type of degree. It seems like David Shaw has this inherent advantage to being able to get and pluck certain players that are marquee guys in the country. Yeah, I mean, you could talk about the defensive ends, the corners, the wide receivers. Stanford's built on one thing, offensive linemen and grinding you to death. And that's what they do. And, and listen, I worked with a couple guys who coached at Stanford back in the day with different head coaches, and they talked about they tried to bring a blue-collar mentality in that Stanford didn't always appreciate that. Well, then the idea of intellectual brutality showed up on the farm, and they believe in that thing hook, line, and sinker. When you think about six offensive linemen in one class, they are trying to send a message once again that, listen, we don't care about stars. Some of the guys who maybe haven't lived up to the billing as of yet, we are trying to get people in the door who will grind people up because that's how we have won championships here at Stanford. You look at this class, that's what I see. I don't know if it was a function at least of watching this team a season ago because of the injuries that Bryce Love was dealing with or the fact that David had these great tight ends that he could throw to and obviously a really talented quarterback. In terms of some of those weapons, is there a guy that really stands out in this class that can help this team's offense? Yeah, it's another guy who dreamt about Stanford since the 8th yeah. grade, Colby Bowman. I had a chance to talk to him the other day and his stories fascinating I mean, this guy was uh, a BMX racer when he was growing up and in high school when you watch him play at St. John Bosco he was an absolute baller he can move all over the field he's going to pick up this offense no problem he'll remind you a little bit of Trenton Irwin at times I was around him again at the opening over the summer and he was dominant so crisp in his routes already <coughs> looked like a collegiate receiver and look at this guy fearless fearless when he's an eight-year-old rocking the BMX fearless throughout his life and how he attacks oh, different man. things at that age you know who his quarterback was when he was playing flag football? 
It's JT Daniels. Oh, JT Daniels go. throwing him the rock right there, rocking number nine for the Irvine Chargers in Southern California. So I'm a big fan of him. I, I think I could speak for everybody in this building. When you talk to a student athlete at Stanford or going to Stanford, it just sounds different. They sound different. They talk different. They walk different. And I think Colby Bowman is a difference maker among many other players in this class for David Shaw. You know when I used to turn on a film and you're trying to figure out, like, he looks fast, but how fast is he? Right? I think I told you this before. Oh, yeah. When he's running the ball, there's guys who, are, who think they're fast. They're looking over their shoulder yeah. as they're scoring. <laughs> there's guys who know they're fast. They don't look around because they're like, nobody's catching me. So they just go. And when you watch him on film, did you see him looking around? He knows he's fast. And he probably knows what it's like to be fast on a bike as well. Something tells me I think David might have a conversation <laughs> about that whole BMX thing <clears throat> at some point. Uh, give, me, give me a sense of the future of this program and where they're at right now because I look at this division, and we've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of the coaches in this conference right now. It, it, this is tough sledding in the north. I love it. I love the class. Uh, every year we say the same thing. They're just foundational. You, sometimes you don't hear about them for a year, and then all of a sudden, boom, they burst out. Sure. Sometimes you hear about them like Thomas Booker. He played on the defensive line last year. Paulson Adebo, he redshirted. Developed so well. If it was the current redshirt rule, he would have played as a true freshman. So I think there's so much competitive depth there, which is why when we go to practice, we're like, wow, yeah. I mean, you never see this program saying – taking a dip, which is why they don't when you look at their records. This is consistent, double-digit wins, and never shocked if they win the conference. Yeah, and a bunch of studs that they continue to bring in, thanks to their head coach and David Shaw, who joins us right now on Pac-12 Network. Coach, all right, tell me what this is like for you, because you basically signed your entire class early signing period. This is year two now that we get a, a sense of what it's like with these new rules. What do you make of what's happened with college football with regard to this system? It's so weird. <laughs> you know, it's so weird to wake up on a Wednesday morning, a signing day morning, and we're not signing anybody. And uh, we do our due diligence on the next class and go through a lot of things. But um, it's a different world. And, and I got to commend our staff uh, for making this adjustment because I know you guys know this. Not everybody knows this out there. We operate completely different than everybody else uh, in order to get an entire, sign, uh, entire class signed by December. These guys, most of these guys got admitted this summer which means their junior year, they had to take those AP classes. They had to retake those tests over and over again, uh, work on the applications over the summer uh, when a lot of guys are just hanging out, uh, having a good time. Our guys were working um, in the recruiting process. So many other places just talk about how much they love you. For us, we talk about how much you got to do for us uh, to, to get admitted. And these guys did the work. They worked extremely hard, got admitted, and I'm really excited with this class. Coach, you know, I know looking back at last season, maybe everything didn't work exactly according to plan because you guys are always in it for the Pac-12 title. But do you, is there a part of you that kind of thinks that maybe that pain might lead to some long-term success? Because you've now shown everybody that you're, you have the ability to chuck the ball around the yard. And if you can get back to, you know, getting guys healthy and being able to grind people out, that now you, you might have the most balanced attack that you've ever had on offense? Yeah, last year, it's the most injuries we've had in a long time. And I commend our team and commend our coaches for continuing to fight back and work uh, in order to get back in. And we lost four games, and all four of those games were within one score um, in the fourth quarter. Um, we weren't, weren't able to pull those four out, but our guys never, ever backed off. And that's our mentality here is we're going to fight and scrap to the very end. Uh, if we can stay healthy, if we can make a few more plays on offense, defense, special teams, uh, we'll be where we want to be. Coach Austin Jones, Northern California running back. He reminds me a little bit of Tyler Gaffney. I'm curious how you see him fitting into the plans for you guys. Yeah, our two running backs in this class, I'm so excited about these guys. When you watch them, uh, they're both physical. They're both game breakers. They both break tackles. They're both great kids. 
Uh, Austin, um, kind of a local guy, being here at a, in the Bay Area, but um, really moved uh, here from a, from a distance. But he's just one of those guys that is physical. He runs hard. He catches the ball in the backfield. He's unselfish. He'll pass protect. Um, he's just one of those guys and that uh, seems to do everything right. I'd love to ask you about Walter Rouse. Did some digging on him. And to me, he, he's so impressive. I'm curious what it's like when you hear about a young man who's, he seems like he's got such a plan. He wants to be, I believe, a, quote, cardiothoracic surgeon, to be exact, is what he said. And he also even created a vision board about what he wanted to do with his life and met Condoleezza Rice on his visit. I mean, what is it like to be a head coach and then see somebody that size with that ability know they're coming to your program? Honestly, it just doesn't get old uh, <laughs> to, to be here and have uh, – and we, we knew this when we came with Coach Harbaugh. Um, if we can build this thing the right way and do the right things, as much as we'll be looking for guys, those guys are going to be looking for us. And Walt is a perfect example of that, whereas for what he wanted to accomplish in his life, Stanford was one of the very few places where he could accomplish everything. And uh, he got uh, his recruiting was crazy. It started off really small and then really blew up once everybody saw his length, his athleticism. He's a great human being with a big smile, but on the field, he's nasty and physical. Uh, his upside is as high as you can possibly get. And at the same time, he wants to be a surgeon, a cardiothoracic surgeon. Um, he wants to do great things on and off the football field. So after a while for him and his family, this is just the perfect fit for him. Coach, I know you touched on how unique some of the players that you have on your roster and the stories that they bring to your team. And it is different. You started off and you talked a little bit about just how different it is at Stanford with regard to getting these players here, all the extra tests that they have to take and filling out the applications and the whole thing. You ever worried about some of these guys just getting burned out before they even get to the farm? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, we, we are a destination location. Um, People strive and try extremely hard to get here. Athletes, non-athletes, uh, this is a place that they want to be. And we like to say, being a Stanford alum, one of our best sayings is the hardest thing about Stanford is getting in. Um, once you do the work to get admitted, the people here, yes, they will challenge you, but at the same time, they want you to be successful. Um, you'll find people reaching out to help you, uh, not just in classes, but help you beyond Stanford, help you, help you get internships in the summer and really help set you up uh, for beyond Stanford. So um, for the, I don't worry much about burnout at all. I think these, these people and their families provide a platform that allows them to work hard to get here. Uh, and while they're here, we ask them to work even harder, uh, knowing that the benefits down the road are worth it. All right, Coach, uh, appreciate you stopping by with, by with us and, and giving us a little bit of time here. Uh, best of luck this upcoming season. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And don't forget the basketball conversation continues on the Inside Pac-12 Basketball podcast.